For me, it's 4.24 p.m. on January 2nd, 2022. But for you, it's another episode of The Media Files, a podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. The Media Files is an all-purpose pop culture review to help you get through those boring water cooler conversations. I am your host, Kyle, and joining me on this special bonus episode for the best video games of 2021, Brian, host of the Max Level Podcast and BG Mania. Welcome back to The Media Files, my man. Bow, 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 2022, baby! Time for another crappy year. We need, we need, We need Sean Sean's soundboard in effect. We miss Sean. Wait, we're going to hear Sean somewhat soon. He'll be on, he will be on the media files next week, actually. Yeah. Thank God. Actually, technically this week. Technically this week. That's true. But the the next mainline episode of the media files, that's not a special episode. He will be the guest. Friday's episode. Yeah. This, yeah. And we'll be talking about Hawkeye, which uh, got, had to get pushed back a little bit just because of holidays and bonus episodes, but that's okay. I don't mind that at all. I still want to talk about it because that show was awesome. Spoiler alert. Haven't seen it yet. Ah, it's a good one, man. I would recommend it. Lots of Marvel stuff, but no more Marvel stuff for the next couple months. So, Mm. well, we're a few months out for that. It'll, it'll, uh, It'll pick up hot and heavy again, though, when it does. Oh, it does. It always does, doesn't it? It always does. We um are coming into this episode, the second bonus episode, the best of 2021, and we're talking video games. I want to say, if you want to hear about all the video games that we really loved and appreciated from this year, go listen to the Max Level podcast, where it is Brian and I on that podcast also talking mostly about video games and the video gaming industry. The episode dynamic 221. Duo, some may say. What was that? The dynamic duo, some may say. Oh, yeah. Batman and Robin? Uh, well, Sonny and Cher? Sonny and Cher. Okay, fair enough. I'll be Cher. Yeah. Do you believe in love? Uh, you have, your your hair's a little closer to Cher's. I guess that's true. That's true. I guess that's true. I don't mind makeup either, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Episode 221 of the Max Level Podcast, the RPG Era Awards 2021. We did talk about all of our favorite games, all the games we appreciated from that year, all the awards we gave away uh, for RPGera.com for video games in 2021. Go listen to that, 221, if you want to hear about all the great video games. But for this episode specifically, we are talking- No, 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 no. Plug your own dang show, too. Go check out last week's episode where they are actually yesterday's episode. Oh, where we talked not about even, not even last week's episode, yesterday's music. Episode. Yeah, you and Lindsay back again. Well, best, yeah, best, best songs and music of 2021. Lindsay and I talked about that one, and we will have one more after this, where Kaylee and I talk about the best TV shows and movies of 2021. Our favorites of each of those. Can't wait. You said yesterday that none of the uh, none of the stuff was talked about on the on the podcast this year. That's so, right. Or Everything year, that we will bring up is, is brand new stuff that we didn't cover. Yeah. How exciting. How exciting. But let's jump right into this. Uh, we each picked our three favorite video games of the year, which did not overlap just like last year. We uh, we and each had three different Spoiler alert to anyone that already listened to the Max Level podcast. These games are the same. That's true. <laughs> But let's jump into that. I'll go ahead and go first, and I'm going to work downwards. I'll go. I'll go three, two, well and I. then my my game of the year for number one. So I number three for me, a game that came out earlier this year, and a game nobody saw coming: New Pokemon Snap. Now, this game was on the Nintendo Switch, 
and I am a big fan of Pokemon. I think anybody that knows me knows that I do like Pokemon quite a bit. And I have the original Pokemon Snap. I still have the uh, N64 cartridge. I actually have it in a shadow box hanging on a wall in my house because I'm such a big Pokemon fan. Yeah, but, it's right behind your setup, is it not? No, it's it's kind of like, it's in the same room as my setup, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's behind my couch, and and... I, I think your your picture on the website actually is standing in front of it. it yep, you're absolutely right. I uh, I did not expect to enjoy this game as much as I did. And I do want to say that I don't think that this was one of the overall best video games of 2021, but it is one of the video games that I enjoyed most. And it's one of the video games that I've continued to return to time and time again as the year has gone on. My oldest son has really gotten into Pokemon over the course of the last year or so. Really big fan. He knows a lot of different Pokemon. And with this game coming out, this game is such a simple concept. Very easy to understand. You're in this little dune buggy. It's on like an autopilot. And all you have to do is take pictures of Pokemon. That's it. So simple. And it's so, it's so simple, but so gratifying, so satisfying. And him and I sat next to each other and played the snot out of this game from start to finish. And this game has a lot of content too, and they've added more content since it's come out. And that's what's kind of driven us back into it time and time again, is to go see these new Pokemon, go get pictures of these new Pokemon. It's a it's a concept that sounds so boring, but it really worked for us. And honestly, for me this year, was one of those really special gaming experiences with my family, sitting around and, and playing this game and actually laughing, actually having a really good time, like those families you see in commercials playing games. That's how I felt playing this game with my son this year. So that's number three for me, new Pokemon Snap. Plus, you get to put hats on Pokemon. You, dude, oh man, the picture <laughs> editor, I was adding mustaches to stuff. It was goofy. And he's cracking his, he's cracking up, like rolling on the floor, laughing his butt off. And it, we just had a, a total blast with everything that this game had to offer. I was really shocked by how much I loved this game. Do you think, had you not played it with him, you would have enjoyed it as much? No, I, I don't, don't think so either. And, I don't think so either. And it's it's a very because unique experience. Because I enjoyed experience. it, but I wouldn't say I had nearly as much fun as you. Right. It was a very unique experience to be able to do that with somebody who is so young and fresh with gaming, but also loves Pokemon. I mean, literally, as much as I do, he's just obsessed with it. And so doing it with him, he Shout was out to just, him finishing. Didn't he finish? What did he finish? Uh, he finished Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu this year. Yeah. I don't know that you mentioned that on this show. I don't I don't think I did. No, but shout out to that, man. That's a that's a, a feat of um really tough effort and and he's I moving mean, there's on some to hard battles in there. Sword? Shield? No, something? he's playing uh, Shining Pearl with me now. Oh, he jumped right into that. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. we've both been playing that. That one's a lot harder. He's struggling more through that one. but It's a more difficult game in general from what I understand. I've not played yes. it myself. Yeah. All righty, Brian, what do you got? What's number three? Number three for me is a game that came out in October. I recently just finished it. You are closing in on finishing it as we speak. More number three for me is Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. I knew from the moment that this game was revealed 
that I would enjoy it. It was coming from a, like a studio that I had a feeling would be able to pull it off in Crystal Dynamics. When we first saw it, we got the impression that it was going to follow the Bioware formula, which obviously was not the case. And I think it's probably a good thing that it wasn't what we initially thought it was. Yeah. Because what Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy ended up becoming was this unique story told in the Guardians of the Galaxy universe, which itself is probably my favorite of the Marvel like cinematic universe Properties. movie IPs. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was never big into comics that much, so I don't really care about that kind of stuff. I just watch the movies and the TV shows and appreciate them for what they are. But I always really enjoyed the comedy in Guardians of the Galaxy, plus the soundtrack and the music. And what they put together here for the video game adaptation, and again, it's a unique story, so it's not something that's been told in a previous comic. It's not something that was told through either of the movies. It is something that the studio created, and I think they actually put together a pretty quality story for something that could have been feasible in the Guardians of the Galaxy universe. No, and and I do too. Having having a, a decent background in comics, I think prior to the MCU film of Guardians of the Galaxy, most people were unaware of them. I for sure did not know much about the Guardians of the Galaxy, but this version of the Guardians of the Galaxy in the game differed just enough from the movies that you do feel like you're getting kind of a unique experience. Rocket's pretty similar, Drax is pretty similar, but Gamora and Star-Lord both vary in certain ways. There's a lot of characters that, from the movies, if you're familiar with the characters in the movies, they pop up here and there, and that's fun to see also. But yeah, just a, a super fun adventure game. I think it's better than either of us were expecting it to be also. It ended up playing very similar to an Uncharted experience or right. a Tomb Raider experience. Something that, you know, it, it's open to an extent. The levels are not linear by any means. They are, I guess, but there is a sense of exploration. You are able to go, you know, up, down, like you're, you can find various secrets and that kind of Explore stuff. Explore a little bit, yeah. Which, which actually makes the game a bit better because you are able to change them into pretty much looking however you want. They actually have the, uh, the what is it, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse version uh -huh. of Guardians of yep. the Galaxy from the comics. They have those uh, costumes in the game, and I actually had Groot pretty much running around as a black and red tree for the entire game. That's that's what he's at in my game right now, yeah. Yeah, it, it makes it so much better because he just looks like a total freaking monster. Yeah. And he actually really surprised me in this game. I actually really liked Groot in, in the story. I think he played an integral part. Um, but yeah, I was, I was expecting to really enjoy this game when I went into it. I'm glad that it ended up being in my top three for this year. Um, I am hoping because, you know, they, they did leave it open for, for, uh, like for further exploration. So I'm hoping that this won't be the end of, of this. I'm, I'm hoping it's not a one and done. You know, and, and Marvel's really done a good job in recent years with their video games, uh, between this, the Spider-Man video games and next year. Hopefully, we will see the Wolver the Wolverine video game as well. Well, that's this year. Oh my gosh, it is this year. Stop it, Brian. This year we got we got Marvel's Midnight for Suns a while. this year. That's this year. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Gotham Knights is this year. Suicide Squad is this year. Lots of superhero stuff coming out. Spider Man Two actually, from what I heard, 
or recently saw still might make it this year, which would blow my mind if they could put out both Wolverine and Spider-Man 2. Like, there's no way. There's just no way. But I guess maybe. Well, number two for me uh, is a game that I recently played and a game that I don't think was on most people's radars prior to its release. Uh, And this is a game that I bought during the Thanksgiving sale on Steam. And I bought it based solely on a Reddit comment that said, this is my game of the year. Don't read anything about it. Go play it and experience it for yourself. And that game is called Inscription. And it's Crypt in the middle. C-R-Y-P-T. Inscription. And boy, oh boy. I know I've talked about this game a lot in the Max Level podcast. But this is a game that I have recommended to multiple people now. And I think it's a game that nearly anybody could find a lot of enjoyment out of because it is just one of the most unique games I've ever played. You start out as a character that's trapped in a shack with this old man who you can't see. He's in the shadows, but you are playing a card game with him and he keeps challenging you to this card game. And the more you play the guard, the card game, the more you kind of find out about what you're doing there and why you're there. And you can actually get up and walk around the room and interact with different objects in the room as well. So, yes, the the core mechanic of this game is a card game, but it also has kind of some light escape room elements to it as well, which I really enjoy. I love escape rooms. But, man, it is just a very dark um almost whore-like video game. There are some whore elements to it. Even though it's not scary, it is It is this, this tension throughout the whole game that is just creepy. And I could not put this game down the second I bought it, and I played it all the way through. And I, I, to, I talked to you. I said, Brian, you got to get this game. You have got to buy this game. And I've told other people since then, that's my number two game of the year. I didn't expect it. When I bought it for $16, I think, on Steam, for it to become my number two game of the year, but I will be remembering this game for a long, long time. And that's pretty much all you can say about it without giving the rest completely away. Right, because it is a very unique game, and if anybody's interested in this game, you like card games. This is a game that at its heart is a card game, but throws a lot of wild twists at you from start to finish. And And it's it's not overly difficult. No, 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 no. There is a slight learning curve. It did take me a a run or two, probably, because there are some light roguelike elements as well to this. Right. Um, So it probably took me a run or two. But once I actually figured out how to win more or less in the, in the card battles, it became much easier. Right. And, and I think that's intentional as well. The game is paced very intentionally because it's teach a unique you things. system. Right. And so it, it does teach you things as you go along. You never, you are, you do feel lost at certain points in the game, but intentionally so. And the more you play, the more you find out about what's going on, why you're in this house with this weird guy that's playing cards with you. And you just get this really satisfying story out of it. I fell in love with the game. I think it was one of the best of the year. This publisher, or the developer rather, I uh, I wasn't aware of kind of prior to going into this game. But it's a developer I'm going to keep my eye on now. Uh, every game they put out. Because I want experiences like this. And he's very good at creating like real world experiences around his games. Right. Which is really cool. 
again, I, again, I don't want to give it away because if you yeah, play it, there's, if you play there's a lot it, you'll to be give able away to dive into it. And, and, and it's so cool to actually to actually see it. It's neat. You actually got me to play it, and I did finish it before the end of the year, which was nice. So number two for me, Inscription. Brian, back to you. Number two game of the year for you. Number two for me got a snub at the official game awards this year which really did kind of upset me because i thought this game was just fantastic and speaking of roguelikes it does have some very heavy roguelike elements and that is if you listen to max level one of one of my favorite genres in gaming and kyle's too actually to an extent i love him yeah um I'm talking about Returnal, which is the latest game from Housemark, a studio that has some pretty deep ties with Sony and PlayStation in general. You know, they did Rezogun and uh, Nex Machina and just some really great games. They did Matter as well, which I guess wasn't that great, but uh, most of their games are pretty dang good. Um, and the latest, Returnal, had so much more than just like a standard roguelike that you're used to seeing or a standard housemark game which they kind of made a name for themselves over the last several years or decade or so as as a studio that just does bullet hell style games really well and every time they put something out like next machina is one of my favorite bullet hell style games and I was really excited to see what they could do with Returnal in something that is much more bigger in scope, right? Like, this is massive compared to what they've done previously. And what they pulled off was this unique story where you are playing as this girl and she was exploring this alien planet and trying to figure out their society and civilization and more or less like what happened to them and why they're gone but through a series of unfortunate sequences she becomes stuck in a time loop and can't die so Every time you die is theoretically the reset of the run in a traditional roguelike to where you go back to the start and you have to start completely over. Now, the issue with Returnal that a lot of people had when it came out, and I did in general too because it is a very lengthy game for a roguelike, was that there was no way to save during your progress, which is typical for a roguelike, but as you know, most roguelike runs, I mean, if you're thinking Hades or uh, Dead Cells or anything that stands out in that genre, a run can be done in less than an hour, sometimes less than a half hour once you get the hang of it. Like, the games aren't meant to be very long because you're consistently running them over and over and over again. So Returnal was kind of stuck in this weird spot where they would have maybe been better off having it a a more like story driven linear experience as opposed to a roguelike but the roguelike elements were what kept me coming back to it over and over again and its difficulty was astronomically hard especially when it first came out they've since lowered it and released patches to make it a little bit more accessible to people and i still haven't gone back and finished it i never was able to i did get really far i got all the way up to the uh the snow area which is like the f i think the final area before you go to the last section 
Like, I've gotten really close, but I never came within, like, I feel an hour or so of beating it. I feel like I still had a decent amount of content left. I probably could get through it now that it's been that it's been made easier, but I just haven't gone back to it yet. But that still is my number two game based on how much time I put into it over the summer and how literally I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I kept going back to it. I would spend three and a half hours on a run, die at the most inopportune, stupid time to the dumbest enemy. Nothing even hard and have to go all the way back to the beginning. And I would do it all over again. You know, not a game that I've played, but a game that I know I would love, and I kind of do wish that I had jumped into it when it was harder in that initial state, because I love those really, really challenging games. I think games. you would have got a really, like, a huge general enough out of it, too, just like I was. Like, I definitely I was on the yeah. edge of my freaking seat for the yeah. majority of the time I played that game, dude. It was crazy. And I don't think that Housemark is done with the development of this game, either. I think that we'll see updates and new stages I'm and hoping stuff. for an expansion. I'm hoping for an yeah. expansion. I think that's something that we can easily see and not a game I've played, like I said, but a game I think that I definitely will play given, you know, a decent enough sale in the future. A game that I think will probably be on PlayStation Plus at some point this year. That's a good, that's a good, uh, a good guess actually. Yeah. And a good get too. If I can, absolutely if I can get a hold of it through that. No, you I betcha. mean, you know, there's going to come a time when we start seeing more high-profile PlayStation 5 games as the offerings for PlayStation Plus. Sure. You know, that they, I think it took the PS4 a year and a half into its life cycle. So, you know, come October or November of this year, I could see Returnal being given up. Well, that is a fantastic pick. That game is beautiful, too. It really is, man. It's a standout Just looking title gorgeous. on the PS5. Yeah. The the particle effects, the glow of the like the alien plants and crap that that uh, I'm trying not to swear on your show. That uh <laughs> family friendly show here. Yeah, the only family friendly show we have at well, no, technically very good music. Our our partner show yeah. is also a family friendly show. Most of our content is riddled with uh, explicit content. Light mo- explicit. Mainly just because, I wouldn't say well, I wouldn't say riddled. Just me. It's me. It's me. Yeah. That's all it is. <laughs> and if Frank's there, my God, it's Frank too. Of course, yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to our personal games of the year, and I have a clear front runner for my game of the year this year. Uh, this game took me by surprise it was not a game I was aware was coming this year and when it did when I saw the trailer I said I think we got something special here and darn it I was right my game of the year actually matches up with the winner of the official game of the year at the game awards this year and that game is it takes two it takes you didn't know this was coming this year I didn't know I didn't know until we prepared for the Thunderdome episode weird it had a lot of press going into it yeah and I somehow had missed it but I absolutely knew that I would love it as soon as as soon as I started watching the trailers for it. It Takes Two is the story of a man and a woman married who are going through a rough time in their lives. And they get transported in their marriage, right? And their daughter is very upset and she makes a wish that that they can work things out and stay together. So they get transported into the bodies of dolls. And the game can only be played with two players. And the two players, one of them is playing the husband, one of them is playing the wife. And you have to get all through different areas of the of your house, different areas of your yard, as these tiny little dolls. And throughout the entire game, the entire point of the game is that you have to work together to win. There are no areas of this game that are completable with only one person. Both of you have to be doing something in order to play this game correctly and beat the game and beat any level of this game. 
Lindsay and I played this game together and could not stop from the time we started until the time we stopped. We couldn't stop. And it was just an absolute blast. I was so blown away by how many different ways they could think of to make these two characters interact together with unique abilities and unique skills. And bringing those two skill sets into each other, you learn to communicate, you learn to rely on each other for certain things. And if one person does something, it could kill the other one. You know, there are there are very very strict spots of having to rely on timing and the other's ability to to execute their task correctly in order to survive and to complete the challenge. And we just had a blast. We were laughing. I thought the story was well done and the game is absolutely beautiful to look at as well. It's just an absolutely wonderful game. I've recommended it to a lot of people and it's going to be the game that I remember most coming out of 2021. It takes two from Hazelight Studios. If you haven't played this game, it's available on a lot of different things. It's on Xbox and PlayStation, PC, and you only need one copy. If you're playing with somebody who's not around you, you can buy one copy of the game, they can download the game without buying it, and you can both play on that one copy of the game, which is really, really helpful and friendly. I love this game to death. And since you did mention the studio Hazelite, I, I will say that this formula is something that they have now perfected, right? Like, this right. is not the first time they've put out a game like this. We saw this them release a way now. out. Right. They had a way out a few years ago that Frank and I played through for uh, for Twitch and on our YouTube channel. Um Joseph Fars is such a likable guy, you know, the the head guy over there at Hazelite and and honestly shout out to them for getting the official game of the year award oh, yeah. at the game awards this year. That's Huge awesome. get for them. Which is I mean it's so fantastic. So It's just and it's it's a very very special game. I've never played anything like it. And uh again another studio that I'm so excited moving forward into the future what they're going to do next. And a game I've not played yet. Y- you've got to do it. Well, I don't have anyone to play it with. Oh, Frank would love to. I mean, he probably would. <laughs> I think he's already finished it. Oh, has Maybe. he? I don't know, actually. I don't know if he has played it or not. But here's the thing. When am I ever going to get time to play with Frank? Uh, I can't even true. get time to record a podcast with Frank at this point. That's true, Come too, on, Frank. Yeah. Come on, Come Frank. on, Frank. Come on, Frank. <gasps> I don't have anyone else to play with, so... You know what? Like, I'll do it like with you. you. Said. Like I said, I'll be the wife, you be the husband. We'll go. Um, I'll be share, you be Sunny. We'll I go through this game together. I guess we're flip flopping again, huh? Flip flopping again. The media files. <laughs> Something we're used to. <laughs> flip flopping again. All right, Brian. Game of the year. Let's hear it. Number one for me is a game that I had a feeling was going to end up my game of the year once I saw the. I think it was the. So the game came out in June. So it must have been the April state of play, probably, where they had a like a 20 minute deep dive into the gameplay of Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Yes. Once I saw that trailer, I was like, man, this looks like a completely open world Ratchet and Clank experience that borrows everything from all of the games Insomniac has done recently and made this just magical, almost like Mass Effect-y type experience because you get to travel to so many different planets and and explore them and learn about them, which I always enjoyed about Mass Effect. Um, I really do hope that series can, you know, come back to some former glory at some point. Same thing with same thing with Dragon Age, but I, I stand aside. Bioware is Bioware. I really, really like 
Insomniac as a studio. They are probably in my top three at this point in terms of not only quality, but just knowing you're going to get something special every time you play one of their games. Like we saw that with Spider-Man, Miles Morales was excellent, Ratchet and Clank is something crazy, and they don't slow down. We've already mentioned both Marvel's Wolverines and Spider-Man 2 earlier when we were talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, but both of those games are coming from Insomniac. Like, it's, it's just absolutely incredible. And what they were able to put together with Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which, again, borrows a lot of elements from your typical space exploration style games, getting to travel to so many different planets and complete quests on them and do main story missions on them. And what I thought was going to end up being an open world wasn't necessarily open, right? Like... The areas were fairly large, right? but it wasn't like a massive planet that you're getting to explore. You're just getting different sections and that kind of stuff. But throughout the explorations on these different planets, you you have, you know, different varied gameplay styles, like getting to race around on those snails, which was insanely fun. You get to eventually unlock the ability to fly around on this not necessarily dragon type creature, but kind of. Yeah, big dinosaur bird. Yeah, something like pterodactyl, maybe. That's what it was. I think it was a pterodactyl, maybe. Because that was like a prehistoric planet. Um, super cool, man. And the story introduced two new characters to the Ratchet and Clank universe in Kit and Rivet. Rivet being the female version of Ratchet and Kit being the female version of Clank, more or less. I honestly fell in love with those two characters more so than Ratchet and Clank throughout the entire narrative. Like, I get to the point now where I'm sort of hoping that Insomniac does a spinoff game starring those two. I think that would be insanely fun. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility either. Yeah, it could be a smaller project that just like a smaller studio within, because Insomniac has like over 400 employees. Right. Uh, somehow they know how to work magic and just understand game development and literally can crank out a AAA 10 out of 10 almost game every single year. It blows my mind. And this game, the the, the speed at which this game ran, you are, you are doing so many things at once, so many things going on at the screen. Just a marvel that they were able to pull it off and really showed off the architecture and hardware of the PlayStation 5, in my opinion, for the first time also. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely a standout title that, uh, that only shows, man, what is possible, right? Because right now we're only really scratching the surface. By the time the, the PS5 is in its fifth and sixth year and you know end of the life cycle it should be pretty cool much like the uh, advancements on pc gaming we should get some pretty crazy stuff it's gonna be fun to watch if you if you own a ps5 this is in my opinion the one must own title so far of the system absolutely yeah if i mean if i had to recommend somebody a game to purchase with their ps5 it's undeniably ripped apart for me Oh gosh, what a year for gaming. A little bit of a slower year in terms of total releases, but not not bad for the releases yeah. we did get. I loved a lot of the games I played this year. As did I, you know. Uh, special honorable mentions to uh, to Resident Evil Village, which I thought was fantastic in, in 2021. Great game, yep. uh, Metroid Dread, another fantastic game from... Fantastic um, game, yeah. I had a lot of fun with Axiom Verge 2. Yep. Really wonderful game there. Just some great, solid games that came out this year. Absolutely. 
And, uh, you know, a lot of delays happened in 2021, just like they did in 2020 due to the pandemic. So what we're looking ahead at with 2022 and even 2023, as we talk about in in this week's episode of Max Level, I think we're on the verge of two really special, excellent years in in gaming. I think it's going to be nonstop here in a couple months. And I do, too. I think we've got a lot of stuff. And next year, we're going to be sitting right here talking about our three favorite games again. And let's hope it's three different games again. I think that's awesome when that happens. And we'll be talking about how the uh, the Super Nintendo Switch is getting ready to release in March. No, no, no. Switch has more <laughs> life in it. That's all the time we got. Thank you again for sticking around to this bonus episode of The Media Files. Thanks again, Brian, for being here this week. Hey, always a pleasure. Glad when I am able to uh, lend some expertise to the show because it's not that often. It's it's every week because we think well, you for the technical assistance. Well, that's just my editing assistance. skills. That's just my <laughs> editing skills. And it is expertise. It's provided by RPGera.com and the producers of the show are 7 Jexac and Zanku. I'm on Instagram at Brustoff, B-R-U-C-E-T-O-P-H, or at the RPG Era Discord with the link in the show description. Reach out to us with what you're looking forward to and let us know what your favorite games were of 2021. Until next time, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. Oh, yeah.